0: somebody had my name on other platforms of course (laughs) all right so yes and uh do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every wednesday and saturday so be sure to uh hit that follow or subscribe button no matter where you're listening to we are on all podcast platforms all right so i hope you enjoyed today's show and uh, again god bless and god bless america Welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and this is Special Report Devolution Part 14. Hey, I hope everybody is having a great day today. Uh, we have had some uh, amazing guests on this week here on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, maybe, probably one, at least one of the episodes have already been uploaded, so be sure to check that out. Uh, but there's others on the way as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, your first time tuning in, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button no matter where you're listening to us from. We are on all major platforms, including uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. And, and, and as, of course, Spotify, Apple, Google, and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, also, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or... You uh, have questions or concerns or comments, and I do appreciate all of those. Uh, you can always reach us at O.L. Kentucky spelled out. That's O.L. Kentucky spelled out. Ninety nine at Yahoo dot com. The, num- the numbers nine nine at Yahoo dot com. Also, for you wrestling fans, I do host Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We do drop new episodes there. I co-host it with Donny Cage. And uh, we do drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to yesterday's episode on Against the Matt Wrestling Podcast uh, with Donnie Cage and myself, you should really check it out because it's, uh, it's a pretty good episode, man. Pretty funny. So anyways, uh, and we do drop new episodes here every Wednesday and Saturday. And I know today is uh, Tuesday, and I've probably already dropped two episodes when I do this special report, uh, series, uh, I try to get it out there because I know what it's like to watch a, uh, movie or read a book and you have to put it down and then, you know, you just start understanding a little bit and so forth. And I, I see some of your all's emails. I, I I get it. I do. Uh, but I am only one person on this show (laughs) and, uh, yeah, so I just can't get it out as fast as I want to. There's so much information, and I feel if I push it out too fast, um, people are going to get lost in the shuffle. I know a couple of you already feel like you're lost, and hopefully the response that I gave you in the, in the uh, outline. Guys, and once again, this Devolution series is a blueprint on why I think and believe the way I do uh, when it comes to our current government and situation. Um, it's not too push that belief on you or or anything of that nature and uh i think the standard audience understands that and i appreciate that uh but yeah i hopefully uh i did send out a a very large email this morning explaining the last episode of uh devolution part 13 and i hope that uh you know i i hope that you uh understand that and i hope that helped you out uh and if not uh you know, uh, just hit me back up. You guys know I respond to emails. So, uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk about first, uh, first of all, before I get into this series, I need to give, uh, some props. First prop I need to get it to is John. Uh, he's really helped out a lot, but he's helped out on this, uh, uh, this episode more than any, I think. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Uh, also we need to, uh, Give credit to uh, the Washington Post, the New York Post. Um, you'll hear their their names brought up quite a bit. Uh, let's see. We will also need to uh, let's see the uh, Patriot Group, who have been so supportive of me in this in this broadcast uh, since the very beginning. Uh, I, I just you know I can't say enough. Uh, really appreciate that. And there's one other group source. Uh, that I want to mention, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if uh if we even get that far today. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So it's the news news uh news article place. Uh, they put out news articles. Rooker. Okay. All right, yeah, so let's uh, you know, uh, I always like to give shout-outs to people that help out cuz I, I can't do this by myself. I mean, I I uh I do the research and I get out there and I dig, but phew, if it wasn't for these guys at least uh pointing me in the right direction or sending me articles or or what have you, um yeah, there's no way I'd be able to I I'd, I'd be lost. I'd be awake, but I'd be lost. I wouldn't know I wouldn't have anything. I think that we were doomed like it's over we're all doomed (laughs) so uh i mean you look outside your window and you turn on the tv main street media and yeah it looks like uh we are not in a good place right now especially here in the united states so but luckily i believe that'll turn around uh i think if i didn't believe that i think i'd actually go nuts so just to be honest so nevertheless Before we get into Devolution Part 14, let's talk about the political, geopolitical, economic collapse news. Uh, Let's see what's new in the country today. All right, so uh, President Donald Trump, his attorney, uh, Christina Bob, uh, made a statement that the FBI overstepped on passports and the nuke claims. Uh, The FBI and the Department of Justice have routinely, uh, this is a quote, Routinely, routinely abuse their power uh, is the only way to explain the latest claims by former president Donald Trump that the FBI seized his passports during the August 8th raid on his Mar-a-Lago home. Uh, Christina Bob, one of his attorneys handling no- negotiations with the DOJ, tells New ba- Newsmax, "Quote uh, the warrant was very specific." that it was looking for presidential records and classified information, Bob said on Monday. Uh, Rob, uh, the passports do not fall into either of those categories, she said. Uh, Also, quote, it goes to show that they've just gotten too comfortable overstepping their authority, and they did it again. So I am looking for... uh, by no means, this is over with on this uh, Mar-a-Lago thing. Uh, and this was, uh, you, know, this, 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 you know, I was pretty upset when this first happened. And, and I still, I mean, I couldn't even imagine them doing it to my home, right? Sometimes you got to put yourself in uh, that person's shoes or what have you. Uh, and plus, he was a sitting president uh, for four years. Anyways... I think this might have, he's more popular now, and that's President Trump, than ever. <laughs> so this may, I think this backfired completely, completely on the DOJ, the fake administration. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's going to turn out for the, uh, once again, for Trump, for the best. Uh, and that seems to be happening a lot. It seems like everything uh, the corrupt uh, establishment touches right now it's backfiring and it's just not working and it's uh and the american people are seeing it they know what's happening so all right so liz cheney she does have a primary today uh in which i believe she's going to lose severely uh she did draw almost a million dollars from texans including bush and rove uh, this article comes from Newsmax. Uh, Representative Liz Cheney, the underdog in a race uh, for the fourth term representing Wyoming in the House, has brought in nearly $1 million from Texas donors, including former President George W. Bush and political strateg- strategist Karl Rove, for a total of more money than has come in any anywhere from any other state, except... California, including her home state, (laughs) the one she's running in. So Bush and Rove and former U.S. Commerce uh, Secretary Donald Evans, among others, have donated uh, $2,900 each, the maximum amount allowed in a congressional primary, bringing Cheney's Texas totals to approximately $950,000, and that is a report from the Houston Chronicle. Sorry, I said that was Newsmax, Houston Chronicle. Uh, Several oil and gas industry executives also joined Cheney's donor list, including, and we ought to, you guys really need to take note of these people in these companies, uh, especially if you're doing business with them. We know what kind of person she is, Uh, including uh, Midland Energy, President S. Javard Anwar, and Ray Hunt, the executive chairman of the Dallas-based Hunt Consolidation. However, she is still a lot, and I mean a lot. I don't have the exact numbers here in front of me, but she is a lot of points behind uh, the Trump endorsed candidate in the primaries. And uh, I, I just can't, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. This is going to be such a big victory. This is going to be the, a bigger victory than the one in Arizona. Uh, there has been no other person who acted like they were a republican that the democrats love and they're a liberal through and through and a, a never trumper uh than liz cheney and i cannot wait to watch her uh i i just can't i you know i hate to see anybody cry and i especially hate to see a woman cry i'd like to see her cry a little bit <laughs> i don't know she she's i mean this lady is just pure out evil man she is uh She is uh, Nancy Pelosi's little puppet uh, on a string, and I just, I don't know. Speaking of another Nancy Pelosi puppet that plays and acts like they are a Republican, uh, Will Chef, yep, Chief, you guys remember him? Oh, we know him. Uh, Get a third chance at Trump after Russia and his Ukraine stories, lies, you might as well say, burst. Uh, So whether as a ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee during the dueling Spygate and Russian collusion investigations or as the lead manager for the winter 2020 impeachment effort, Representative Adam Schiff has spent years spinning allegations to the media about former President Donald Trump and the California Democrat is again positioning himself to be at the center of a Trump tempest. Yes, that's correct, folks. Political and media analysts note that Schiff's current attempt to shape the narrative surrounding the current FBI on Trump's Florida residence follows years of the congressman uh, presenting himself as a knowledgeable inside on the array of alleged Trump scandals, often hinting at some mysterious shoe he had to drop and failing to account or be held accountable with no foot so I have to disagree a little bit there. He will be held accountable because, uh, yeah, he's not—he's chosen not to run again because he don't have a prayer anyways to run for re-election. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of election, uh, techs, tech experts hope to correct data issues in upcoming election. There's a new app that aims to help election officials get accurate real-time data uh, and it was announced that the true the vote rally in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, one Americans, uh, Daniel Baldwin, caught up with the developer of the app. And they said that the app will be ready before the midterms. So, I, th- I mean, I think that's pretty huge uh, right there. Uh, we need, uh, you know, law enforcement have come out and addressed uh, in-, in their state's they they've addressed uh election integrity and it just it's it should be on everybody's mind. I mean, this is an important midterm. And uh we know we know what they've already tried to do in some of the primaries. Uh don't ever doubt it folks, and if uh you know, do your own research if you don't know what I'm talking about. So All right, so uh, also in the news uh and then we'll get into the report uh, Vladimir Putin uh, he stated, "The U.S. wants to drag the conflict out in Ukraine." So, President uh, Vladimir Putin accused the United States of trying to encourage extended hostilities in Ukraine as a part of what he describes Tuesday as Washington's alleged efforts to maintain its global hegemony. <laughs> uh, addressing the a security conference. Attended by military officials from Africa, Asia, and Latin America, Putin reaffirmed his long-held claim that he sent troops into Ukraine in response to Washington turning the country into an anti-Russia bulwark. They need, com- quote from uh, President uh, Putin, they need conflicts to retain their hegemony. So there's that word again, so I looked it up and that word means leadership or dominance, uh, Putin charged, uh, that's why they have turned the Ukrainian people into cannon fodder. I looked that up because I didn't understand that. The meaning of that word means uh, soldiers regard merely as material to be expendable in the time of war. That's a pretty big statement. Uh, the situation in Ukraine shows that the United States is trying to drag the conflict out, and it acts in exactly the same way trying to fuel conflicts in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And I have to say that old Putin, and I'm not a Putin guy, you guys know this, uh, he's got a point there. I mean, let's let's be real. He's, he's, he's got a point. Uh, why would they... And, you know, we're paying for it still. And I don't mean Joe Biden. I mean the American people. We're we're paying for this war over there uh, every day. And uh, they're just wanting more and more and more from us. Why? We have our own border and our own issues to worry about. All right, so let's get into the special report of Devolution Part 14. Uh, So uh, where I left off, uh, we're actually getting ready to The next part was the 2020 election. Now, I don't need to once again go over the fact that Donald Trump won the election. Uh, We will see the proof of that in due time, I believe. Uh, Instead, I'm going to go over some of the more technical details of the voting machines and security measures that were in place for the 2020 election. As they pertain to CrowdStrike, who we spoke about on the last episode, and I told you I'd get more involved in them. Uh, And and CrowdStrike, the company heavily involved in the Spygate scandal as well. Once again, folks, uh, and I forgot to mention this, if you have not listened to the special report before, you may be lost. I do recommend at least going and listening to part one. I know that there's uh, 14 episodes in this series now. (laughs) <laughs> um but uh at least part 1 so you can see I don't want you to be completely lost. Um but I did some digging on Crowd Crowdstrike back uh back uh back then when I was first writing this and putting in everything together and taking my little uh handwritten notes and sticky notes everywhere. And uh after digging around on Crowd uh their website Crowdstrike's website I stumbled across something pretty interesting in their blog uh it was dated uh july 30th 2020 uh sean henry uh-huh yep that's the same one we talked about uh on the pre on on the previous episode in devolution part 13 uh he published a blog and posted title and it, it saw it was called securing elections globally how CrowdStrike is helping and and I found it. Here's the first uh, paragraph on this blog. I, I found it so interesting. As a global leader in protecting elections, we want to explain our perspective on election security issues and share some resources with the elections community. Free and fair elections are the cornerstone of democracies everywhere and globally. They have come under increasing threat by foreign adversaries who seek to manipulate or undermine their processes or outcomes. We believe that those in a position to contribute to election security have a responsibility to do so, and in that spirit, we are excited to launch a new website dedicated to providing expertise and advice and support. (laughs) So... So the first time that I, I, I read this, right, and it was the first time I've ever heard anybody say <laughs> that CrowdStrike is a global leader in protecting elections. The blog continues to discuss their history of uh, defeating adversaries and the current threat to landscape. But towards the end of this blog, it really gets to the really good stuff, right? And one of the things that I want to uh, to end uh, this article on, I want to read the very end of it. Uh, to that end, this is a quote from the blog. To that end, uh, we're announcing today the launch of the Counterstrike Cybersecurity and Election Security Resource Center. The site highlights some of the uh, entities we've partnered with and programs uh We are supporting and shares helpful, helpful videos, talks, and assets produced by others making positive contributions in this space. So, you know me, I can't just stop, so I start clicking around, right? So I'm clicking on the Cybersecurity and Election Security Resource link, and it brings me, when you click on that, it brings me to recommended programs, uh supported programs can help uh, can help strengthen the security position of election entities and campaigns. And then it, it has another place here, learn about basic election security initiatives. So it shows the, the CrowdStrike has partnered with the Center for Internet Security, the CIS, Election Infrastructure Information Sharing and Analysis Center. What is the Center for Internet Security? So, I clicked on that button. And... All right. The Center for uh, Internet Security Inc. makes the uh, corrected world, the, the connected world, a safe, safer place for people, businesses, and governments through our core uh, companies of collaboration and innovation. Uh, we are a community-driven nonprofit responsible for the CIS controls and the CIS benchmarks, globally recognized. Best Practices for Securing IT Systems and Data. We lead the global community of IT professionals uh, to consistently evolve these standards. So, what is the EI-ISAC? Well, when you click the Learn About EI-ISAC, Election Security (laughs) and Innovations, it brings up this and yeah, let's see sorry this is small I'm making it bigger the election the elections in, uh infra uh infrastructure <laughs> information sharing and analysis center uh, was established by the ES, EIS GCC uh, to support the uh, cybersecurity needs of election uh, subsectors through the EEI ISAC. Election agencies will gain access to an election focused cyber defense uh, suit, including sector uh, specified threat intelligent productions. So if you so now we need to think back. I need you guys, the ones that have been following this. I need you to think back just a little bit. In a previous episode, I actually discussed how the EISCC changed their name to the EIS-GCC. Uh, just as a current refresher, uh, so because the EISCC operates under the framework of the. Uh, CIP, uh, CIPAC, and is exempt from the public law, 92-463, exempt from oversight, uh, they are classified as special government employees. Is this, any, is this ringing a bell? Uh, and they have been uh, certified that their services outweighs the potential for uh, conflict of interest created by the financial interest involved. This means our government knows there is a potential for conflict of uh, interest created by the financial interest involved for members of the EISCC because the official responsible for the uh, employee's appointment has to certify it. They know there is a conflict of interest for members of the EISCC, yet they allow it to operate without oversight. Why is this so important? Let's check out the members and affiliates uh, once again that are a part of this because it's very important. Oh, wait. That's right. Oh, yeah. You guys remember this now? Dominion Voting System is their members. Dominion, Dominion Voting System, and the Smartmatic were two of the members of the EISCC, which advises and assists and assists our government with the election security by coordinating with the DHS to develop, recommend, and review uh, sector-wide plans, procedures, and effective practices in support of infrastructure protection, including training, education, and implementation. They were also making recommendations to appropriate authorities to mitigate, uh, impediments to effective, uh, critical infrastructure security. Wow. Wow. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what does. That that was just a reminder there, folks. Um, the mission of the Council is to advance the physical security, cybersecurity, and emergency preparedness of the nation's election infrastructure in accordance with existing U.S. law. This mission will be accomplished through voluntary actions of the infrastructure owners and operators represented in the Council. Yeah. That was just a little refresher there. Uh, So now we know, right, they're working hand in hand uh, with these guys. (laughs) There's no mention of Dominion or Smartmatic, no mention of the private sector companies uh, form uh, from 2020 at all. Can you say cover up? Uh, So the uh, EI-ISAC was created by the EIS-GCC. And I know this is a lot of acronyms. uh, And, quote, they support the cybersecurity needs of the elections uh, subsector. The same council that Dominion Voting System was a member of created the EI-ISAC. CrowdStrike partnered with uh, with and provides resources to that company, the EI-ISAC. So, allow, so just give me a second here, and I'm going to connect the dots for you and show you which resources they provide, okay? So if you go on the primary homepage for the EI-ISAC and you click on Learn More button, right? So once you do that, it brings you to election security tools and resources, all right? And then when I click on technical resources, it takes you to (laughs) CB's uh, membership, CB's security membership, right? So members of the EI-ISAC do our U.S. SLTT organizations get access to the CIS uh, Secure Site membership for free? Yeah. Before we continue, I, I need you to understand how many United States SLTTT organizations are partnered with the CIS through the EI-ISAC. So if I click on this link and I scroll down just a little bit to see how massive this list is, uh, (laughs) uh, it didn't take the time to count the total number of entries on the list. Um, So I did a word search and it resulted in uh, 938 matches. 938 matches. Yeah, cool. The one I want to focus on, is from the, from the uh, Lancaster County Elections Commission uh, from Nebraska. That's the one I want to look at here. So I'm putting my focus here because I found a rather interesting uh, document talking about them. And what that is is between the Center uh, for Internet Security and Lancaster County, Nebraska, for uh, endpoint uh detraction and response services i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a lot but uh one of the things it says is the elections infrastructure information sharing and analysis center the ei isac located at 31 tech valley drive east greenbush uh new york lancaster county nebraska so they're their location uh in this sole as the MSISAC and the ES, the EISAC, CIS has been recognized by the United States Department of Homeland Security as the key cybersecurity resource for all 50 states, local governments, United States territories, and uh, tribal nations, and uh, static and local elections uh, centers. CIS has uh, has, noted, uh, has entered into an agreement with the federal government to provide EDR services to certain SLTT uh, centers. Wow. So the EDR services included Include use of software that is licensed to the CIS by a third-party provider, Crowdstrike.inc. <laughs> CrowdStrike. dot Inc. CrowdStrike entity uh, further acknowledges and agrees that, in return for receipt of EDR services, it agrees the following terms and conditions as an end-user of CrowdStrike services under the agreement. The product includes a downloadable object code component, software component, uh, and Tidity may install and run multiple copies of the software component solely for entities' uh, internal use. So by now, I would think that you're... that. You see where I'm going with this, right? I mean, this is crazy. Our federal government has contracted the Center for Intelligence Security to provide cybersecurity for hundreds, if not thousands, of U.S. SLTT organizations. The CIS uses CrowdStrike to provide that cybersecurity. The same CrowdStrike with ties to the Obama administration, the same CrowdStrike who lied and covered up, if you listen to the last, uh, the last episode, up the DNC hack that was one of the launching pads for the Trump-Russia narrative. The same CrowdStrike, which I believe fabricated the data behind the Alpha Bank story. The same CrowdStrike security product includes a downloadable object code component, a software component. This means that any state or local government who uses Who used the CIS to provide cybersecurity allowed CrowdStrike software to be downloaded directly into their machines and systems. Okay, so maybe it's just me, but I would think that if a if a, a bad actor like China wanted to hack our entire election system, gaining access to it through a few entities like Perkins Coy and CrowdStrike might be the perfect way to do so. And once again, I've went too long. Uh, We need to take a quick break here. Uh, For our sponsor, our sponsor of today's show is Anchor. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or already have a podcast, Anchor is the place. We will be right back, folks. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. and welcome back to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and as I mentioned, you can always download Anchor on your iOS device, Android, or on the web at Anchor FM. So uh, let's get right back into this special report of Devolution Part 14. So despite a laundry list of conflicts of interest on behalf of both uh, entities, our nation is being told repeatedly to simply ignore those conflicts and trust that nothing nefarious occurred in the 2020 election when CrowdStrike themselves had direct access to voting machines throughout the country. This leads me to think the final thing. This leads me to the final thing concerning this, and that is the solar wind. SolarWinds hack. You guys remember that last year? Uh, so let's look at a timeline, okay? The SolarWinds hack, uh, hack timeline, uh, it lasted up until uh, March of 28 of last year. So December 8, 2020, how the discovery began, FireEye, a prominent cybersecurity firm, announced that they were a victim of, to a nation-state attack. The security system team reported their Red Team Toolkit containing applications used by ethical hackers and penetration tests were stolen. All right? And then we have December 13, 2020, initial uh, detection. FireEye discovered, FireEye discovered a supply chain attack where it was investigating the national state attack on its own Red Team Toolkit, the researchers stumbled across the evidence that attackers entered a backdoor in the SolarWinds software, uh, trojanizing solarwinds Orion business software, updates to distribute malware. Uh, FireEye dubbed it Sunburst. December thirteenth, Solar Winds began notifying customers, uh, including a post on its Twitter account, uh, asking all customers to upgrade immediately to Orion Platform version twenty twenty two point one to address a security volu- vulnerability. December fourteenth, Solar Winds uh, files a SEC form. Uh, 8 through K report stating in part that the company has been made aware of a cyber attack that inserted a uh, vulnerability within its Orion monitoring products. On this date and the next the company the company used or issued two uh, hotfix security patches to address the vulnerability. December 15th, victims named and timeline. Uh, moves back. Uh, Wall Street Journal reports reported that the U.S. Commerce and Treasury departments, the Department of Homeland Security, the Nation, uh, the National Institute of Health, and the State Department were all affected. Various security officials and vendors expressed seriously dis, uh, serious dismay that the attack was more widespread and began much earlier than expected. The initial attack date was not pegged to was now pegged to sometime in March of 2020, which meant the attack had been underway for months before its detection. Huh? Yeah. So before its detection. So let's stick with this timeline for a minute. Uh, on December 17th, new victims revealed the Energy Department. And the National Nuclear uh, Security Administration, which maintains the U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile, were publicly named as victims of the attack. December 19th, 200 more victims were listed. Uh, record uh, Recorded future cyber attack. I mean, this government agencies uh, using Twitter for his uh, first comments on the attack, then U.S. President uh, Donald Trump publicly suggested that China, not Russia, was the source and also described the hack as a hoax. U.S. Security Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and other uh, senior members of the administration uh, disputed these claims the same day, stating that we can say pretty clearly that this was the Russians that uh, engaged in this activity. So before we continue, I'd like to comment about that. <laughs> uh, so here, here's exactly what Trump te- uh, tweeted. Uh, in a pair of tweets on Saturday, the president addressed the hack, which had been uncovered by the Department of Homeland Security, cybersecurity, and infrastructure security agencies, and previously reported his silence on the matter had been widely noted. In his tw- tweets, Trump seemed to downplay the severity of the attack, writing, the cyber attack is far greater in the, false, in the fake news media than in actuality I have been fully briefed and everything is well under control. Discussing the possibility that it may be China, and it may, there could also have been a hit on our ridiculous voting machines During the election, which is now obvious that I won big, making it even more corrupt embarrassment for the United States at the DNI Ratcliffe at Secretary Pompeo uh, signed Donald Trump. So in an interview, right, um, Friday with CNN, the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, I think it's the case that we that now we can say pretty clearly that it was the Russians that engaged in this activity. So this isn't the first time. Uh, if you guys remember back, uh, that these two played this game. It, 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 it's not the first time that President Trump actually said one thing and then uh, <laughs> Mike Pompeo said the other. Which I I I, I love Mike Pompeo. Uh, I think he's a true patriot. Um, so uh, quote asked if he had seen anything giving him high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the source of the outbreak, the president replied, yes, I have. He refused to go into details. However, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Secretary of State Mike Pompeo indicated that he hadn't seen defiant evidence. Quote, we don't know precisely where it began, he said. We don't know if it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, we don't know if it emaned from the uh, wet market or yet some other place. We don't know those answers. <laughs> so here's my question. Was Trump telling the truth about the virus originating from the Wuhan Institute of uh, Virology? Well, I think we all know that answer now, right? Uh, was he also telling the truth about China and the solar winds hack? Did it have something to do with the election? Hmm. Let's go back to the timeline. December 31st, 2020. Microsoft says the Russian hackers breached some of its source code. January 5th, 2021. Joint statement by the FBI, CIS, ODNI, and NSA released. Uh, released. Uh, sorry, jointly released a statement on the formation of the Cyber Unified Coordination Group, which indicates that in an advanced persistent threat, threat APT actor like Russians in Origins is responsible for most or all of the recent discovered ongoing cyber compromises of both government and non-government networks. At this time, we believe that this was and continues to be an intelligence-gathering effort. January 6, 2021, CIS issues supplemental guidance. Supplemental guidance requires the U.S. government agencies that ran effective versions of the SolarWinds Orion uh, conduct forensic analysis. Those that accept the risk of running the software comply with certain hardening requirements. CIS, uh, January 27th, 2021, CISA released a report on Supernova, the malware that was deployed using vulnerability in the Orion platform and after the Orion platform had been installed. January 29th, 2021, SolarWinds issues an advisory for both uh, Sunburst and Supernova. February 19th, 2021. Biden administration declares intent to punish Russia for solar winds attack. Yeah, they're pretty good at punishing people. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, let's see here. February 26 2021 uh, the second congressional hearing uh, the. US House Committee on oversight and reform and the House Committee on Homeland Security held a joint hearing examining recent cybersecurity incidents affecting the government and private sector networks uh, February 24 2021 uh, issued uh, solar winds issued a uh, FAQ uh, security advisory. Uh, this advisory often offered further guidance to the uh, Solar Winds customers on how to tell if they were affected or not. Uh, March fifteenth, a public uh, or March fifteenth, twenty twenty one, a public affairs spokesman in the National Press Office of the FBI answered no comment to the uh, CSOonline.com's question on the current status of the Solar Wind attacks, slating that the investigation is ongoing. March 28, 2021, reports state that the DHS, cybersecurity leaders' emails were compromised. May 29, 2021, Microsoft reports a new wave of attacks by the Russian uh, affiliate uh, nobleman gang now linked to the SolarWinds hack. So one of the most interesting comments I've found regarding the SolarWinds hack actually came from Mike. Uh, Mike Wiak, uh, he was the CEO, he's a CEO and founder of the cybersecurity startup Stairwell, and also founder of Google's Threat Analysis Group. So, one of the things he said, uh, and this is a quote, I, I just, I, I have to mention this, quote, this is a pure opinion, speculation on my part, but it seems like a waste of uh, cap- capability to develop novel techniques and still tools that, uh, imitate known attackers. Part of me wonders, uh, if they, if they weren't, if, if they weren't in it for something else, that statement right there, what, what might something else be? This group is, what is this group after, if it's something else? It does appear that during the hack, they attempted to get something from CrowdStrike. Why would somebody want access, want access to CrowdStrike's emails? Something is happening here that we don't yet know the full scope of. One thing we know for sure is that the DID impact, it impacted the election through the domino voting system machines. Here is, uh, there's there's actually an archive link to Domino's web, uh, Dominion's uh, web client portal from December 14th of 2020. The hack that started sometime in March 2020, uh, but wasn't discovered until December of 2020, allowed hackers to access the Dominion voting system and therefore also to CrowdStrike, who who uh, had software on hundreds if not thousands of the Dominion machines. So I'm not I'm not big and you guys know this on speculating without uh, 100% hard evidence and research. So you'll have to forgive me but I, I've got to ask a speculative question. What if the solar winds hack wasn't a foreign adversary? Or some random hacking group. What if the most sophisticated hack ever seen was actually done by Cybercom and our military? And this is how they caught the election theft. What if this is how they acquired the information on CrowdStrike while looking into things as far back as 2016? Don't you never doubt that that raid on Trump's home and the warrant was very, very, uh, very uh, specific on what they were looking for. Don't you never think that they weren't looking for proof on this hack, proof of devolution, or anything. These guys are scared to death. Not about him running in 2024. Yeah, they're, they're acting like they're scared of that, and they are to an extent but they are scared because they are losing ground fast. So as much as I can't help but to speculate about what all this might possibly mean, one doesn't need to indulge in speculation to see a clear patterning telling us that something much larger and much more dangerous to the DS, the deep state, is at play here. The sheer length of the Durham investigation tells us definitively, that although the media has tried to sweep these events under the rug, they have not gone away. Quite the opposite, in fact, if, you, if you're paying attention. These crimes are back in the spotlight. And the political establishment may finally see some justice for what they have put Donald Trump through and, for, and what they've put us Americans. You know, it's not just about Donald Trump, us Americans all these years. So the only thing that I've got to say, and I'm going to, I'm going to end this uh, episode right here now, is uh, I think we're in for some exciting times. I think this ties back to right where we're at right now, what we're going through. And uh, grab your popcorn and uh, sit back. And, uh, you know, the, the information is starting to drip out faster and faster. So I think it could be interesting. All right, guys, you've been listening to... The Red Pill Current News Podcast Special Report Devolution Number 14. Hey, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you.